You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. John. What? Red Seven. I don't know what Red Seven means. Hot route. I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? We call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Yes, that's right. It is uh, the Soonerscoop.com postgame podcast brought to you by Eskridge Lexus uh, in Oklahoma City. First of its kind is uh, we now open up our second podcast and uh, glad to do it. Glad that uh, Eskridge Lexus is part of it. Uh, Eddie and I are uh, a couple of beers into our Coop Ale Works beers here in the it's not the drunken Always podcast good. no i haven't done any shots <laughs> not, of there's no sh- no shots being done in this uh show but it, it's gonna be a little bit more exciting than the uh the iowa state yeah game. the shit show that was the iowa state podcast uh yeah sooners win it in a very familiar score to a lot of people 63 to 14 uh it was an ass kicking i mean an absolute butt kicking on owen field they got up 56 nothing at one point uh, before they finally let Florida Atlantic score. And uh, let's go quickly to uh, Lincoln Riley and his uh, uh, his thoughts on the game. Lincoln, I think most coaches go through a spring. They go through the preseason. They probably wonder, you know, what what's going to happen in some areas. What did you learn about your team today? Oh, you know, it's like I told them in there. It's after the first game. Everybody wants to come to these conclusions about what you are or what you aren't. We Did we learn some today? Yes. I think we, we've got some quality depth. Uh, I think we've taken some steps on special teams that I think will continue to be a weapon for us throughout the season. Um, we had some young guys step in there and play very well, uh, and the team's competitive nature is, is really good right now. So now after that, Man, we got so much left to go, so much left to get better at. I mean, it's it's a long, long season. And so this is a great start. Nothing more than that, nothing less than that. Uh, Lincoln just won't let OU fans celebrate. Like, <laughs> well, you want to just say, we're back, baby! Yeah. But Lincoln's like, ah, uh, it's just one game. That was... I mean, that was kind of the, the-, the theme of the press conference, the post game. I mean, I, I think that fans out there probably are really excited, obviously, about the way that Lincoln Riley played. I mean, uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, Kyler Murray played. Obviously, the offense was extremely good. I mean, even Mike Lupica probably has to be pissed off that Austin Kendall was in in the second quarter because that's the most disrespectful thing I think I've ever seen, uh, throwing your backup quarterback in there. But Before the half is over. Yes, but the defense, I mean, and I, I guess we have to caution everybody, Bob, because it is the first game, but... I thought they looked really, really good today. They might have some dudes that can play a little defense. The biggest thing that I noticed 
I don't know if they tackled better, and I think even Lincoln and Mike both said that, but they swarmed to the ball. There were like three or four of them. Their pursuit was so much better. Especially that, up front. That they didn't allow any of those big plays to go down, where if they missed a tackle, it didn't lead to a 20, 30-yard gain. It just led to like a three or four. They gave up uh, 324 yards, uh, 132 on the ground, 192 through the air. Uh, the Sooners gained 650 total yards on the day. I, I remember I was charting it on Sooners Group. At one point, like they finished the day uh, average gain per play over, I mean, in double digits, 10 and a half uh, yards every time they snapped the ball. There was a, a point where they were like 15 and a half yards per play every time they snapped the ball. Uh, they went for 15 yards, and a lot of that was uh, Lee Morris. A lot of that was Rodney Anderson. Uh, Kyler Murray was was really good on the day, but uh, I think the one thing that I took from it, guys, is, and it's probably something that we haven't talked enough about, OU has one of the best offensive lines in college football and has had for two years now. And that's what I told you when I walked in over here from getting over here from the stadium was the fact that either Florida Atlantic defensive line isn't very good or Oklahoma's offensive line is extremely good. And I think it's probably somewhere in between because there were some holes today that, I mean, you can even go back all the way into the third or fourth quarter, or the fourth quarter for Kenny, Kennedy Brooks' touchdown run. That was laughable. He wasn't even touched. But even going back to the first quarter when they were actually, when there was actually a game going on, uh, it was, I mean, they, they were manhandling guys up there. And I thought Jonathan Alvarez played pretty well. Uh, I thought the interior linemen, I mean, everybody played pretty well, it seemed like. And Cody Ford looked pretty comfortable, even. And they were just throwing guys in and out. I mean, Quinn Mittermeyer came in for Drew Samia at one point. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, hey, let's play a whole bunch of people today. I mean, we talk about their uh, 650 yards offense. 408 of that was in the first half. That's how yeah. good that line was. 32 plays. 408 yards. They were on pace for an 800-yard day, and then they took their quarterback out before halftime. And it looked, they I mean, besides the option play that they had to run on a third down, they were picking up yards first and second down. Like, it was, it was. It, I, I saw somebody tweeted, I think uh, Kegs and Eggs or somebody on Twitter tweeted a just a picture of the box score in the first, in the first like, probably first quarter, mid-second quarter. And it was like, I think, uh, Murray was like four for five or, or four for four or something for like a hundred something yards. Rodney Anderson had over a hundred yards on five carries. Trey Sermon had like 80 yards on three carries. It was just, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, I, I definitely don't want to get ahead of ourselves and say that this offense is anywhere close to what they were a year ago, but, but based on what it. we saw today, they could be better. We said it. I mean, Lincoln Riley was going to come up with an offense that was going to score yeah. some points. Well, and the ball to the ball to Marquise Brown, the long ball. I mean, that was a damn good throw. A great adjustment by Brown yeah. too, because yeah. it looked like he was going inside, and the ball was on his outside shoulder. He was able to turn around, not miss a beat. And the Sooners had three sixty-five-yard touchdowns today. To me, this is what it came down to. Everybody across the country, and uh, I not on our not on our podcast, but I know I picked. Florida Atlantic to be my lock of the week to cover the twenty three, just because I figured it wasn't it wasn't Oklahoma, crazy twenty three and a half, just because I figured okay, no Baker, uh, you got a new quarterback, you got a lot of new pieces that you're going to try and fit together. Lincoln Riley, he's flashy, he's been recruiting his ass off. Is he really? You know, does this team that you know they got Benny Wiley in here now? Is this like a new age? 
hippy dippy team that's like not going to take it seriously. That's not going to be physical. That's going to have to you know get hit in the mouth before they realize you know that this is real football. And I just totally got. Bl- and I think everybody across the country had some element of their thinking that was like that. And they said, "Look at Oklahoma." They they're ripe for an upset this weekend. They're playing a team that won eleven games last year, and it was hard to find who else was going to really you know lay an egg this weekend because just the way the schedule. Everybody else is playing crap teams, or it's really good matchups like West Virginia, Tennessee. I mean, they ended up defeating Tennessee handily, and that was kind of one game you looked at because they're in the Big Twelve and they kind of struggle. But I mean, Oklahoma just had that bullseye on it. Like this is the team that if they're gonna crap the bed this is who it's going to be and i kind of bought into that a little bit well i think that there is no doubt that that was something that i don't know if it necessarily drove oklahoma through the preseason but talking to imani bledsoe after the game talking to even kyler murray admitted it a little bit was the fact that i think you asked him carrie was they kind of had this one circled just as far as they wanted to make a statement particularly the defense wanted to make a statement with all the criticism they've uh, received but i mean they came out that was i tried to think back during the fourth quarter when it kind of got to the the middle part of the game but I couldn't remember a time that OU and and when you remember that they lost you know their core leadership unit I mean hell they didn't even announce the captains until this morning but (laughs) that was bizarre when when you remember that all the guys that they lost all the experience that they lost the way that they were prepared to kind of go out there today and then the product of it being the complete ass kicking that it was that was pretty impressive. Yeah, because this felt like it was going to be like two years ago against Houston. Yeah, Tom Herman coached the entire... Yeah, that got brought up a lot yeah, this week. the entire offseason to get the Cougs ready to take on the Sooners. You thought the same thing was happening with Lane Kiffin and the Owls. They are going to do all this razzle-dazzle stuff and try and just throw everything out there in the kitchen sink and... Instead, I mean, OU was ready for anything, and FAU really brought nothing to the party to begin with. Here's Kyler Murray on the post-Baker era and kind of being the guy to take over for him. Oh, uh, well, I'm not too worried about, you know, coming out here trying to, you know, fulfill the whole Baker uh, deal. But uh, like I said, for me, just coming out here ready to execute and lead the guys. I mean, I felt like the defense played, you know, amazing today. You know, they, they did their job. Offense, we did our job, and special teams did their job. So it was a, it was a team effort, and uh, I felt like we played well. Uh, and one of the things we talked to Kyler about during the week was just kind of the nerves of it all. You know, now that he's the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, now that – even even though he signed a $4.6 million contract with uh, the Oakland A's, uh, kind of how he would handle the nerves of it all. Well, when I woke up, you know, I was pretty calm, pretty composed. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of a veteran as far as it goes, you know, as far as football goes. Uh, I've played a lot of football. Um, so the nerves didn't really hit me just because I've been here and done it before. Um, and, you know, when you're prepared for something, it's, it's hard to be nervous. You know, I was really confident in, you know, what the game plan, uh, obviously, in my abilities. And, you know, I knew the guys were ready to go. We've been beating up on each other for a while now. So I feel like it showed today. Everybody was ready to go. And really, guys, the ass-kicking that it was is totally, the story is totally told in the stats. Rodney Anderson, only five carries for 100 yards. Kyler Murray was just 9 of 11, but he was still 209 yards passing and two touchdowns. So the, the, the guys that they rely on, it was such a butt-kicking, they didn't have to do anything. I just, I, I'm still a little, not in shock, but... Just how clean everything was. I mean, it didn't feel like this was a real football game today. Like it, it felt was like it was a preseason scrimmage that just got out of hand against a JV team. Like I, 
that was as dominating of a performance in the first game, just as from a from a preparation standpoint, from a point of they didn't have any mental lapses, it seemed like. It seemed like everybody was in, you know, and you guys probably tell me because you were high up in the uh, in the press box, but it didn't seem like there were any busts today. And that's something I think that even going back to the first game of last year was the fact that I think there was maybe one deep throw that Robison overthrew. And I was shocked that he started, by the way. Uh, it shows you that they really... They don't have much. They don't have much. Yeah, I mean, he was not very accurate. But there was there was no, you know, 50-yard just massive bombs. And I thought it was important, even on the first series of the game, that, you know, Florida Atlantic picks up a couple first downs. They get that roughing the passer call on uh, Kenneth Murray. And they kind of dug in, got off the field, didn't give up any points. And really, I mean, the starters never did give up any points. You know who dug in? It was Ronnie Perkins because he wasn't in those first couple plays. Is is recruiting important? And then after that roughing the passer, they put in Perkins, (laughs) and he made two stops on that first uh, drive, put that to bed, and then the Sooners took took over from there. I don't know why that struck me as funny. (laughs) That was just such a good transition. Boy, is recruiting important? Ooh, yeah, that was very radio of you. You like that? I liked it. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a bad today was a bad Chris, day for Chris the uh, Robinson, stars doesn't matter crowd. Chris Robinson, 15 of 26. He didn't throw a pick today. I I think Lane Kiffin, look, he's a good offensive coach. He came out there with a game plan. Let's roll him out of the pocket. Uh let's get him on the edges. Let's not make him make any throws. Uh, that you know are dangerous. So he did a good job. He had a good game plan. His longest throw of the day, 28 yards, but 15 to 26, 157 yards. He was sacked a couple of times, uh, and outside of that, it was just awful. I mean, I can see why he was Rafe Peavy. He's terrible. Rafe Peavy, probably not a good football player. He's been that's his it's third a bad school. Name. Is it? He was at Arkansas. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, he was. Where as soon else as he was came he? into the, as soon as he came in, I hope that people were live betting that would throw an interception. Because and then, and then he did. Jason Kersey told me he won twenty dollars from Ryan Aber betting that he because he was at Arkansas when Rafe Peavy was oh, there. Oh, really? And Ryan Aber took the bait and he won twenty dollars. God, I now, I don't was, know if that means credentials are revoked, but it probably should. Robison uh, betting what in was the press. It, what was it? The was, was Robison in on the throw that Buki almost? Or yeah, Buki almost. Uh, Buki stepped in front of Buki and Trey when Norwood. Back. Both yeah. both had. I know. Some. I'm giving him shit, and I just <laughs> I just did it. If if Buki would have stepped in front of that, he likely takes that back. Yep. For a pick six, and I think that every male in that stadium. <laughs> is full erect after that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I wrote that. I, if, if Buki catches it, that's a, a uh, pick six. And Trey Norwood on the sideline, almost, he almost made a really nice grab. But Yeah, yeah, that was, he was very close. I thought I thought Buki played pretty well. I mean, I, obviously, it's tough to tell being down on the field. but He's physical. Yeah, he, he pushed over one guy. Yes. Uh, over on the west sideline at one point. Uh, all right, uh, it is the post-game show, so we're going to talk about big things that happen in the game. We're going to start right here. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus Player of the Game. All right, well, you guys have... Uh throwing out a lot of names, so I figured we better get this in here because uh, all we keep doing is throwing around guys. Uh, I've heard uh, Ronnie Perkins' name thrown out there, obviously. Um, you know, Kyler Murray had a big day. Uh, I think there's one guy, though, on my list that we haven't really 
talked about so far, and that would be Lee Morris. Blocked punt. Was it a 65-yard touchdown? Yes. Everybody had a 65-yard touchdown today, uh, but his was a dangerous throw by Kyler Murray, uh, fitted into a very tight window over the middle, and then he did the rest of it all on his own. Uh, And here's Kyler Murray talking about his former high school teammate uh, and what he brought to the table. I mean, we, we called him Beastly in high school, so that means I mean, he's an athletic guy. I mean, just because he walked on here, you know, he's still a walk-on. Um, you know, he's earned everything he's uh, gotten. He's a, Like I said, he's an athlete. He's a freak, really. But uh, like, I think he showed a lot of people, you know, what he can do. I mean, he caught a touchdown against Ohio State last year. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, he does a lot of things for this team. Um, so, you know, we, we know what we have in him. Uh, and... Uh... After the game, Lincoln Riley was like, yeah, he's not on scholarship, but he's basically admitting, yeah, we're going to put him on scholarship. We need to get that guy on scholarship. It, and I, it was funny the way he answered it because it, Lincoln Riley's always recruiting. He said something to the effect of, no, I haven't yet. I don't have to yet. Or And then he corrected himself, no, <laughs> said, I don't get to. I get to, to yeah. yeah. That's just, it, he's always always recruiting. But he would be my nomination. for. I mean, that's that's, you know, Low-hanging fruit, I know. But. What what was funny about that is we all thought the throw was a competitive catch. Mm-hmm. When we talked to Lee, he thought he was wide open. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, the guy slipped slipped off me. Really hot, hot day. He just kind of slipped off me. And then I just took it the rest of the way. Uh, any uh, nominations from you guys? I'm going to... On our, our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of caught in between of... Uh, of a couple guys, I think you can make a serious argument for uh, Ronnie Perkins. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I, take, I agree. I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to go Kyler Murray because uh, there was a lot of pressure on him to come out and at least put together a performance that didn't necessarily replicate or duplicate anything that Baker's done, but he needed to be solid because I think that there would have been not. But you know when he ran around and, and had that that play after the after, I was like okay Baker's done a lot of stuff but that he hasn't bad. done that yeah though. Baker doesn't do that so I'm gonna go with Kyler Murray he was extremely solid today even in the quarter and a half of work that he did but if you can get that type of Kyler Murray that type of play it could be a a really exceptional season for the Oklahoma offense I'm gonna go Morris but because of the punt block that's the first punt block for OU in five seasons. Resulted in a touchdown. First one of that in 16 seasons. And that gave the Sooners a 14 nothing lead. And it seemed like it woke up everybody in the stadium. It relaxed the defense. And they played lights out from that point. So when you add the punt block with the touchdown reception and the starters not even playing in the second half, Morris gets the nod. All right. Uh, I'll make the executive decision. Well, Eddie, I'm sorry. Two out of three. That's fine. Lee Morris. That's fine. Is our Eskridge Lexus uh, hey, I, he, player of the game. He's a, another one of those stories for Oklahoma that kind of has gotten forgotten about. And, you know, as I say, Lee Morris's name, where was Nick Basquin today? He was I, there. Was he there? Yeah. I seriously. He I, got a catch. Okay. He did. Okay. I think he had a catch right before Drake Stoops came in the game. Okay. Yep. Okay. That, that makes sense then. I just, I never really. Realized if he was out there, I didn't realize that he had made a catch. So uh, Lee Morris is kind of he's in that group. We knew that, but he's a tight end though. I mean, that's yeah. he's Grant Calcaterra. Yeah, he's yeah. Well, we knew that backup. we yeah. knew that CD was going to be good. Marquise Brown had two tremendous acrobat. 
catches. Well, one a one on one play that he we haven't really it. seen from him a lot. Did, didn't know he could high point a ball like yeah. that. And then we knew that Grant Calcaterra was going to be really good, but I think that Lee Morris, Miles Teese, Nick Basquin, Drake Stoops, that whole crew, you're going to need those guys to make big plays at some point in the season. And if you can get that out of Lee Morris, it's kind of funny. He's made two really big plays now, three really big plays now, With if you want to count the uh, punt, uh, punt block. But even going back to Ohio State last year, that was kind of out of the middle of nowhere. Morris is three for three. Three career catches, three career touchdowns. It's a lot of, uh, that's almost uh, Mark Andrews freshman year-esque. Didn't he have like seven receptions and six of them were touchdowns yeah, at one point? Yeah, that was very much, yeah. He's headed down that road. All right, uh, our Eskridge Lexus player of the game brought to you, obviously, by Eskridge Lexus. And really, uh, this entire postgame podcast, uh, Ed Eskridge uh, had contacted us and, and said, hey, if you guys want to do a postgame uh a podcast we would love to sponsor it and they're also the official travel partner of sooner scoop so uh we're gonna be heading down the road i know you guys you know my lexus is getting up there in age uh so ed's like hey you know what when you guys go on the road we're gonna give you a lexus to drive so uh throughout the season have we'll i be- been cleared to drive those no, no. I, need to, oh. I need to pass a uh <laughs> pass a uh some type for a of while test. you worked for us and you weren't even 25 so you couldn't even get a rental car i know and i'm way past 25 now so <laughs> jesus but uh just so you guys know uh eskridge lexus uh 700 west memorial road in oklahoma city uh give them a call 405-755-9000 or go to eskridgelexus.com look i've had my lexus for 10 almost 10 years now uh it's pretty much eddie's car too at least the passenger seat is. Technically, it's formed it, it, to yeah. your butt. Well, that and I think we've told the story before. I, you I threw up in, in my it car yeah, at the when festival. It was brand new. After drinking like two bottles of tequila the night before on and New Year's Eve with four, John Shin. Uh, mountain Powerades that were like blue. Oh, my God. So he puked blue all if over If we go my back car. to the Fiesta Bowl, we'll have to go back to eat at the place that uh, we went. I believe it was on Diners, Drive Ins, and Dives. And I didn't eat anything because that was the worst morning of my life. So yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the greatness of Lexus. <laughs> yeah. uh, like the new ES models, I've driven. Like here's the thing. Like I go to Eskridge and they take care of me. I do all my service there. Uh, I never get ripped off. They actually charge me less to get my oil changed when I'm up there than I can get it for in Norman. Because trust me, some of these oil places, you know, they see you come with a Lexus and they're like, oh, we got to take this off your car and that off your car. So it's going to be a hundred dollar upcharge. And that's when I'm usually just get back in my car and leave. So they've never screwed with me. They've always done me right. I get the service. My car is almost 200,000 miles. And that's why I bought it, because that's what Alexis is all about. All right. Uh, so moving on, uh, you know, 63-14, Sooners move on to play UCLA next. And UCLA is going to be up later tonight. I will say this. After seeing what Army did against Duke, uh, OU got the pay-per-view game right. Because they got slaughtered by Duke. Army might not be very good. I didn't watch much of that game, but Army might not be very good. They had a bunch of turnovers. I mean, I watched it until it just got completely out of hand. Wilton Spate being the starting quarterback for the Bruins doesn't inspire a lot of confidence either. Well, no. so far, Shea Patterson's not doing anything for Michigan either. He's down 14 nothing to Notre Dame. Sounds like Tua... Tago, Tagafaloa. Did I say that right? Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. 
might have got hurt in the first quarter of the Alabama game. So Are that could you be serious? He looks like he got popped pretty pretty good. Oh, just a concussion though. Uh, it was good to see Texas though go up to Maryland, Washington <laughs> DC, and play God, well today. Texas, what are you doing? They we can't take them seriously anymore. And you know what's funny? I do think that they're better than they were a year ago. Is that? It's just not saying much. Is that stupid of me to say? But who do they have defensively that's all that good? That's this might be the worst question. defense that they've had. In the last 10 years. And they loaded up the two spots, secondary and receiver, for the last class. You I, need a lot more than that. I, uh, I was talking to a buddy earlier today, and I, I, was, I was scrambling to get the podcast together. And uh, he said, "Dude, you got to go to Orange Bloods and check out the meltdown." And is I it, couldn't. Is it? Could it not? I, could, do it? I mean, I no, no. I, oh, couldn't, you couldn't I, like, I was too busy. I mean, it was yeah. after the game. I was yeah. like. No, I want to do that at some point tonight. I had Just a, go browse it. I had a couple uh, couple guys text me and said that they live in Dallas and they flipped on the uh, Horn Radio Network, the post game show, and they said it was. I want to know somewhat, who. I mean, is it is it Herman? Is it Tim Beck? Is it I don't Ellinger? think they have a quarterback. I mean, but, who, but, what, why? but why? But we all at, know, at like, if you point. go on the OU yeah. message board, Mike Stoops is getting all the inks. Like, who's right. there Mike Stoops in this situation? Well, I think it's probably Herman. I mean, it would have to be Herman almost. I Yeah, who it, else did it fall It's on? interesting that, you know, they held... It's not Todd Orlando. They come sure. up with a big stop. Maryland makes the bonehead decision to punt, to uh, kick the field goal to go up five there with, like, three minutes left from the one. and Or four minute, five minutes left. And the next three possessions, Texas turned it over. With a down five with a chance to win the game. And Ellinger threw it like 39 times today. They don't have a running back. Yeah. Because then when we they do, yeah. they make him a tight end. Or he goes to the NFL and he's great. <laughs> exactly. When he didn't do jack squat in college. I was uh, I was a little surprised. And you know what we found out today? We found out that Mike Stoops is a much bigger man than I am. Because I would have come in talking Just shit to double everybody. Double-barreled everybody. Double-barreled everybody. Saying that I didn't know what I was doing. And granted, one game against a freshman that was making his first career start ever. So you can put that, I guess, you can put that out there. But from a production standpoint and just from a watching standpoint, it was so much cleaner, I thought. By the way, we have buried the lead a little bit uh, post-game injury-wise. Let's get to that real quick. Injuries, don't know anything on Austin Kendall yet. We'll, we'll see how he's doing, uh, but optimistic. Um, one other one that I do want to announce, uh, our Friday practice, Addison Gums uh, had a uh, knee injury. He, he will, a uh, non-contact knee injury. He'll miss the season. Uh, so had to make some adjustments there, which we did. Um, I hate it for Addison because he was really coming on, starting to do some really nice things for us. Uh, but this is where our depth and all that has to show up and so uh we'll get him rehabbed and and uh and get him back so uh, addison gums how that you is, have uh changed my life over the last 24, 24 hours 24 hours yeah that is look i'll just a say weird injury I, no jokes i give it up james hill got no, the, he, I, he got the scoop on addison I, gums I, I put on the board before the game everybody was like you know Ask, I don't everybody under, was the, asking the about it. The freaking meltdown over it was just, it, it was exhausting. I'm not going to, but we're not going to sit there on the board and act like we know what's going on when it's I, I so had no bizarre. idea. I mean, right. he tore his ACL in a walkthrough. I mean, my, I've never heard of that happening before. No, not the last, not the last, the last practice before the first game. That, I mean, that's the lightest practice that you go through. It had to have been like when they were literally stretching. I think that would be like the, the biggest contact or okay well here's the thing and i don't know that and i didn't follow this up but 
you'll remember that, uh, and this is kind of relevant with Chip Kelly coming to town last week, but Bob Stoops, back in the day, uh, he talked to Chip Kelly. They used to talk all the time. I think it was when Lane Johnson was getting drafted or something. But Chip Kelly would do the walkthroughs on Thursday. Ah, that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then have a right. more spirited practice on Friday because it was more like how Olympic athletes trained. So maybe they had their, you know, uh, sh- shirt, er, helmets and shoulder, helmets and shorts walk through on Thursday, and maybe they did do some kind of a practice on Friday. But he did say non-contact. Lincoln did point yeah. point that out. Yeah, that non-contact thing always kind of confuses me. I always wonder what constitutes non-contact. Jason White. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well. Yeah, that's very much. You just sent me into PTSD. Uh, That's a, that sucks, though. That, here is, that really sucks. Here's Mike Stoops talking about moving on uh, without Addison, Gun, Addison Gums as well. First of all, it was, you know, that's about as sad a deal that I've, I've seen. Uh, a kid put a lot into this last year in preparation and, and, and to get hurt. Uh, your last practice was devastating to, to, to him and, and to us. But, you know, Addison is, uh, you know, the, he'll be able to get his year back and it'll be a, a process for him. Uh, but he'll, you know, he'll he'll do he'll do well. I think he'll benefit in the long run throughout this whole situation. But um, yeah, he, it's it's just you know it just limits our depth a little bit. We uh, we we moved John Michael a few weeks ago, uh, and and that's probably a, a good a good deal uh, for for him and for us. And then you know we'll continually to to mess with the the front. Uh, whether it's Perkins, whether it's Mann, uh, and put them, you know, out there on the ends, on the edges too. So, you know, we'll look at our, our options. Uh, I think the development of um, uh, Isaiah Thomas is. We'll see how that goes. We'll see the Ron Tatum development. You you have to see how we progress throughout the the rest of our defense to see what our best moves uh, will be, short term and long term. It was also kind of interesting that you know Mike later on talked a lot about Ron Tatum and Nick Benito and you know how those are young guys that uh, are still coming and could still basically have something to say about the the shape of this defense by the end of the year. But and Nick did play a lot in the fourth quarter. Did he? I didn't even notice yep. that. Yeah, I I'll put it up on the board uh, probably Sunday. He had one play that I was kind of screwing around. I just panned in on Nick Benito and mm-hmm. he came from the backside, almost tracked down the guy. And uh, it was just a really nice play. Like, that, he, I thought he played well. You know, that's well, and that was he was in the the, the, the Jack. Yes, I believe so. Don't remember for sure. But what I thought was interesting, and I agree with Mike, not so much that this would lead to even more playing time for Mark Jackson or John Michael Terry, but probably a lot more Ronnie Perkins coming off the edge. Well, yeah, I mean that, and that's what I. If you, you know, want to give me more Ronnie Perkins, <laughs> exactly. Give me more Ronnie Perkins. I the, was completely look, blown away today. I said this last night when the whole meltdown was happening. I haven't had one person tell me like, "Oh, Addison Gums is going to light it up," or Addison. I've had more people tell me Addison Gums isn't the answer, and Mark Jackson isn't the answer, and people get so incensed, and they're like, "Well, it's Mike Stoops' fault for recruiting him." I'm like. No one said you can't blame Mike Stoops for recruiting, you know, guys that don't pan out. Feel free. Just stop yelling at me about it. It's not my fault. It's not my not fault. Not my fault. I, I, 
I thought Trey Brown played really well today. It yeah. seemed like he was all over the field. Of course, we're like Trey Brown junkies. Yeah, here. we really are. <laughs> it's it's pathetic. I, he can play. I wanted. I mean, he had a kick return. I wanted to see him. You know, do something there. I mean, what I did want is that points out the depth. If the guys that didn't win the battles still played really well. Uh, Caleb played Kelly yeah. came yeah. in, had six tackles, had a couple hits. Let's Trey Brown. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that because I was adamant for the last month that there was no way they were going to start Curtis Bolton Bolton in front of Caleb Kelly. And I tweeted it during the third quarter. Maybe this has nothing to do with Caleb Kelly and everything to do with Curtis Bolton. Maybe he can just play a little football. I, for Mike Stoops, will double bird you and I will say, go f*** yourself. Yeah? Boop. Here's Mike Stoops talking about Curtis Bolton. Mike, what did Curtis Bolton give you today? Curtis, uh, Curtis, um, you know he's he's an interesting fella. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he he does a lot of good things. I, I love his uh, personality. I love his uh, the way he plays. Uh, he's a reckless player. Uh, so he's built on his consistency as a linebacker, and that's the thing I've been impressed with with him. It's become more important to him and, and Caleb. Uh, it was good to see both those guys. We'll continually evaluate their progressions. Uh, I wanted to play Caleb more just so he can learn uh, the position, but when you're up uh, that that amount, it, to me it's just repetitions, getting comfortable in your field space. But, um, you know, Curtis has, has done well. Both of them are, you know, are continually working, and I think it give us two outstanding players at that position. Uh, and here's Curtis Bolton talking about uh, sharing time with Caleb Kelly as well. A lot of guys don't have a settled position, so everybody's on their toes. Everybody, because if you're not producing, they'll take you off the field and, and replace you with someone else. So I think that that I think that kind of forces you in the back of your head to I got to play. It's not oh I messed up this play. Uh, I'll get it back again. It's damn I messed up this play. Let me go make a big play to try to counteract that. So I think uh, everyone kind of feels the pressure and it keeps everybody on their toes. I love Curtis Bolton post game or interview setting. Anytime. He, he he feels like a little bit of me just in that I feel like he curses quite a bit <laughs> and then he tries to censor himself and it comes out as ass or he said today talking about uh, Caleb Kelly said that he goes balls to the wall all the time. Uh-huh. And I just saw Mike Hal- I told Mike Hal- afterwards and he was like, "Great." <laughs> it was just really funny. You got to like that kind of stuff. All right, uh moving on. Here we go. The game is over. The stats are in. Now it's time to grab a Coupe Works beer and raise a glass to our play of the game. I don't have a problem with this segment because uh, Eddie and I both have been uh, drinking Coupe Works since the beginning of the show. Gone with the uh, horny toad. Just lovely. I'm a huge fan. Eddie's got the, uh, what do you got the, over there? The F5. Probably F5 one of my IPA. favorite beers right now. I went through the... Very uh, bold beer. It is. I went through one of the, uh, I went through the little box that they gave us rather quickly a couple weeks ago. So it's already gone? Not all of it. Just okay. the, the F5. I still have a few I haven't tried. Plus, I went and bought the Horny Toad on my own. You know what? When October gets here, that's going to be October nice. Fest? No. That's when the... You can go to the liquor store and get the, oh, yeah. the uh, yeah. coop fully f- refrigerated. It. Yeah, for sure. 
So like when you're, I'm telling you, if you're coming in on 12th to game days in Norman, there's a little place there on uh, Rock Creek in 12th called Captain Jack's. It's a nice little liquor store. They're, they've been building their cooler. It's pretty building awesome. Building it out? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, that'll be an easy way to go get you some Coupel Works when you're coming into Norman for game days. Anyway, uh, the play of the game. We've already done the player of the game. We gave that to... Uh, uh, Lee Morris. Lee Morris. Uh, you could easily say the play of the game was also by Lee Morris, uh, which, I don't know, will we say it's the punt block or the touchdown reception that was a bigger play of the game? We can have an argument about this if we want, but I think it was the punt block. I mean, that because was... Because it changed the momentum of the game? It, it, a little bit. Just It changed everything in the fact that that is the shit that OU fans have been dying for just as far as taking special teams seriously in a way almost. Yeah. And I know Siebert missed what? What was it? A 53-yarder? Seibert. Sorry, Captain Seibert. I told him down on the sidelines today, I said, uh, you know, you got a bunch of responsibility now that you're captain. You can't f- up the coin toss. He's like, I don't think they're going to let me talk. Uh, but the, the, the block punt was, you hope that that's the kind of stuff that "Quote unquote Beamer Ball" will bring to the bring to the table. I mean, are we are we pissing off Jay Bulware with the whole because Beamer's going to get all the credit for this stuff, right? But he's still the special teams coach. A lot. Well, it's the Beamer. same way that if the defense improves, Mike Stoops won't get any credit. Right. But I think Mike Stoops is probably more. Oh, I already saw the thread. Like the credit. Of whoa! The defense let's than, give some credit to Bob Diaco and who else was it? Oh, all the analysts. Yeah. Don't need Gary Gibbs, <laughs> traitor. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I do think that they, I don't know about rededicated themselves to special teams, but I do think that they've made it a point to, I don't know, maybe identify well, it has. more in I mean, practice. Yeah. I mean, last year, I mean, he's talked about all three phases all the time. Yeah. So he's definitely wanting to, I mean, that was a big, I mean, look, you, Shane, said, we can sit and say that Shane Beamer's coming in here to learn the offense and become a better coach, and but they brought him in here to pick his brain about special teams as much as anything. Yeah. I, he certainly, I mean, I don't know. Was he it a, is Frank Beamer's did, son. Did Lee Morris go through, did he break a tackle? Or no, did it he, was just wide open. He just, there was actually yeah. just ran by somebody guys, and nobody touched him. Two guys ran through the hole. So maybe he just got lucky. And, and Lee Morris just got there We're first. still debating if he blocked it or if he just took took it off his foot. I It was more of a block, I would consider, than a, than a take. I don't know. It was close. It was like when the guy is kicking it in his motion, his foot comes up like... The ball was coming off of his foot, but it was all kind of in the same motion. I mean, he took a nice kick to the ribs. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Has it has to hurt. That has to hurt. So you're saying... I'm saying the block what? punt. The block punt. Yep. Bob, what are you saying? I'm going away from Lee Morris, and I'm going to do the Kyler, bitch. Kyler Murray 15-yard scramble. That's all it says in the stat book. But when you talk about the quarterback competition between Austin Kendall and... Kyler Murray, this is the play that you never would have seen during camp, during any sort of practice. And this is that special feature that Murray gives to you. It's on the very first drive of the game. He's scrambling to the right, comes all the way back to the left, goes back to the right. So he runs probably about 60 yards, tend up with a 15-yard gain. Anderson scores from 30 yards out the very next play. You're like, wow, okay, I get it. That's what he brings to this offense. I will not allow that, Bob Prisbillo, because that's like a white paper. That's like a mechanical drawing 
uh, a football analysis. That's like way too inside football. Like to the, I'm yeah, it was cool. He ran around, but it was a 15 yard play. It didn't change the momentum of the game. It got the crowd going. I mean, it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. You. And it, I mean, I, I was like, ooh, that's really cool. It, it Definitely, the first thing I thought of was there's a clip from that South Carolina game that he did the exact same thing. And I think he only picked up about 13 or 14 yards, but he probably runs 70 yards to try and get it. Yeah. but Or no, he, it was against Arkansas. It was against Arkansas. I just, I, I'll tell you what, though. I like seeing Rodney Anderson just breaking free as much as anything else I saw today. Just because... You know, validates everything that he did. Yeah, at the end of the it year. validates everything he did last year. Plus, it validates the fact that this is a really, really good offensive line that is still one of the most dominant forces in college football. What did uh, I, I guess we kind of talked about it on the uh, on the unofficial. But the Marquise 40 Brown, this past you know, week. the touchdown. Yeah, we see that all the time. We, yeah, you know. I mean, it's the, kind of become old hat for him. I mean, that's just what Marquise Brown does. Now the Trey Sermon touchdown run—that was that probably was the, that was nice. touchdown run of the day. Uh, by the way, the cockiest move of the day. Fred DD, uh, I mean a uh, DD. Uh, Marquise Brown wore a Fred Bolitnikoff jersey. Did he really? Yeah, today. <laughs> into the and then he came into the post game. He said that him and CD. Oh both yeah, did. he did. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't realize that was a Fred Bolitnikoff jersey. Like with Bolitnikoff on the back. On the back too. of it. Pretty cool. That's. That's interesting. Okay, so I'm going to say, God, it's just Lee Morris Day here. What the, the hell? He doesn't. Think he's not on scholarship. He gets he, all the. He gets all the awards. He was obviously the best player from Allen today, right? Right. The real star from Allen. The real star, Bobby Evans. Well, I think nah. Kyler. Nah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, the punt return just because it's the first time since 2013. That is your Coop Ale Works. Play of the game. By the way, I want to mention uh, Coop L Works. They've been around for uh, nine years now. Uh, they're craft brewery in Oklahoma City. Seven year-round beers. I've had most of them so far. Uh, the Horny Toad, which I'm having tonight. Oh, it's unbelievable. I, it's my new favorite beer. I love the Native Amber, too, and I love the Oktoberfest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, make sure you stock up your tailgate with some of Coop's uh, F5 IPA uh, or the Horny Toad Blonde. Uh, before next weekend when the Sooners take on you. So that you'll have at least one more hour to drink before you go into the game. So, by the way, I don't... Did you notice, like, the OSU fans, some of them were really upset because you can't leave at halftime now? Oh, yeah, that was definitely like, going to be a what byproduct. part of their tradition yeah. was, was to go out at halftime right. and go back to their tailgates. But now, now that they're selling beer, yeah. they won't let them out. You knew that would be so maybe part of it. for the tailgating crowd... <laughs> Beer in the stadium is not such a great thing. Correct. That's mm. interesting. Maybe it'll happen at OU. I think it's a pretty good bet it's going to happen at OU this year at some point. This year? Mm-hmm. That'd be... Let's just say... Um, By the Army game? I think there's a good chance. Let's just say that hmm. beer distributors aren't exactly quiet. That would be uh, that would be is that is that uh, President Gallagher saying let's make that paper? <laughs> I was I was actually surprised that uh, I think Oklahoma State they only sold like forty one hundred beers on really? Thursday night. I I kind of figured that number would be like ten thousand or something. I I don't know what you probably because that people of. are still how many people are there. I didn't even see that. Well, and it might have been a. It thing. was a pretty Thursday empty stadium. Pretty, was it? it was pretty. It was empty. a Thursday night. I'm <laughs> sure that there weren't a lot of people just getting shit faced before they had to drive home, or yeah, maybe there's some people driving down to the lake afterwards. I'm not really sure, but I don't know. 
Uh, okay, uh, so back to uh, some of the post game uh, that uh, yeah we heard from uh, a lot of people so far. We heard uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Lincoln Riley, uh, Mike Stoops, and, and we talked about this a little bit, but I and I tweet I, I DM'd you guys this today, or maybe I put it on the board. Like I was super impressed with Kenneth Mann today. I mean, just what he did. Uh, making plays that weren't even... Like, the thing about Kenneth Mann is he's making plays that aren't his to make, and not in a bad way, like he's he's being irresponsible or anything like that. He's just going down the line, chasing a running back and bringing him down. Like, I was really impressed with him today. And he's not going to end up with big numbers, because you look at it today, only three tackles. Yeah. Looks like he wasn't much of a factor. But yeah, he played really well, and congrats to him being one of the five captains, I never, That's cool. ever would have guessed Kenneth Mann would be a captain. That's very cool. But you know what? You know, everybody lost their minds because, you know, I, I told them, which I've been telling them all fall camp, which Mike has said certain, uh, he said like three different times that they don't have an oboe anymore, that they have to find other ways to do it. But when you see Kenneth Mann making plays, you see Ronnie Perkins making plays, uh, Amani Bledsoe, you see uh, Stonewall and, and, and Neville Gallimore. I mean, like, you can kind of see, and and then you get a Ryan Jones to contribute here or there. You get Curtis Bolton making more plays sideline to sideline. Like you can see how they can make up for because that wasn't a good defense last year. They had it's not like Oboe got them over the top last year. And in, in fact, it was probably a more of a crutch overall for that defense than anything else. And Mike Stoops uh, talked a lot about just kind of the new pieces because uh, I asked him about it. I think. Kenneth Mann playing a new position. You got Ronnie Perkins making some plays today, and then you got Amani and Neville kind of coming along. How different did that defensive line look to you today than maybe what you've been getting? Well, I think it has a, a chance to continually get better. Uh, I think Ronnie Perkins' upside is is pretty limitless uh, as a player. Uh, I think you can see the development uh, of our overall uh, skill at that position, I, I think, uh, as we mature. So uh, I think it's a group that can continually improve. Uh, we have some depth that we can lean on. You know, obviously we've lost some depth too, uh, you know, throughout this camp. That's it's going to be tough. But, uh, you know, just our overall depth is, is better uh, of quality players at, at that position. Uh, yes. I mean, that, that was one of the bigger things that I took out of it was the fact that, and it was right before you introed Mike for that last audio clip, was think about all the guys that you just named off. That, I mean, last year you were expecting big plays from a three or four guys. Mm -hmm. This year, I don't know if and it's, everybody was disappointed at, at Gallimore because he wasn't a bigger player. Right. Like, people were more mad at the people who weren't making plays than they were at the number of people that were. Yeah, I think there was just an anger that OU wasn't deep, that they didn't have other guys to make plays, that you had to rely on the 11 that were out there. And today it seemed like there's a good amount of guys out there that, that are, I don't know if we can, you can necessarily say, they can be counted on just yet, but they showed promise today. And I think that, that if there's anything that you want out of a first game, that's probably it. And they showed want to. Instead of being blown off the ball and trying to make tackles four or five yards down the field, they were attacking offensive linemen and actually making plays. Nine tackles for loss. That's not bad. Well, it's, it's one game, as Lincoln said, and I don't want to get everybody all, you know, it's fixed. I mean, everybody's going to be like, Oh, Carrie's, Carrie's Mike and Mike are best friends now. No, I, I, I'm not like gonna start in your face. Mike Stoops is the best. That's not happening. So, 
I'm sorry to disappoint. What if they play well against UCLA? I don't think UCLA is very good, are they? No. I guess Iowa State is Iowa the State first is true, a, like if you test. go into Ames and you just kind of methodically beat them and play defense and get a lot of three and outs, then you can sit and say, okay, Mike's got something here on defense. They're pretty good. And I mean, there were times today when I was like, these guys are pretty good. There were also times today where I thought Chris missed some throws. And when he did that, the whole thing just sure. fell apart. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, he, he could have been a lot more accurate. And he had some guys deep that he missed. And whether it was, I think, Motley one time, Bookie one, Bookie one time, I did it. See? It's hard. Because um, when, when I say it, I think I see the writing of it. And then it just comes out. I don't know how Gus Johnson handled that today. Ooh. Because he didn't give him the nickname, so he probably doesn't like it. Can I tell you guys something? I said it earlier this week. I think I'm off the Gus Johnson. I don't think he does a very good job. Is he maybe overstressed or something? Just too much. It's too much. But Josh, uh, Joel Clad evens it out, so I can't bitch too much. Uh, All right, let's get to this. See, okay, I'm just going to talk about this now. Problem is, Lincoln Riley is retweeting crap, and I've got notifications on, so I turned off the audio because I, you know, knew that this was I, I had some. But then I go, but I hit an audio thing, and I've turned off the audio. But here we go. Whose stock is up and whose stock is down? It's time for the AMC Mortgage Stock Report. If you're on the move, check in with AMC Mortgage for all your home loan needs. All right, this is uh this is a segment that's going to be a little tougher after everybody played so well because usually we're going to be able to have this segment to kind of rip on people that didn't play all that well. It's really hard to find some people who stock or down. I mean, maybe you could say there was a time period when 80 Miller stock had never been lower after he got tackled by the referee. <laughs> but then he caught a touchdown a couple of plays later to totally redeem himself. Hey, you know what? Kudos to that umpire. He laid the hit on that. He like he laid the smack There was down. some guys that would have been knocked over by that. He laid the he laid the hit. He was like six foot eight. The guy was huge. He was big. Because <laughs> AD Miller's one of the tallest receivers on the team. I know, and, and he, he like just, ran into his, his his chest. I was impressed. His abs. I was impressed. But yeah, I mean, is there anybody whose stock was down today? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Hutton wasn't embarrassing. I mean, he wasn't great, but. I said it when I got here. I just Kenneth Murray seems to be the leader of the defense, but just like the Rose, the the Rose Bowl, where was the production? How about how about Porno Motley? Could he, he led the team in tackles. Could he didn't turn his head. And I and I say that because it seems like he's not the guy. If you want to make a tackle, I don't know if Porno Motley would be the first guy. No, but he's a corner. That's true. You think Trey Norwood's going to be the first guy no. you want on that line? No, not at all. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, Justin Broyles is the guy that you want on that line. Yeah, I'm just thinking of guys that missed tackles early in the game because that now, was Buki like... knocked the shit out of a guy today. Yeah. Right. He was... I don't know if we Drake can say Stoops he's everything the, that... Drake Stoops kind of knocked the shit out of a guy, but he kind of knocked the shit out of him. And yeah. then he had the first reception. But he was reception. a big guy. How about that stat that uh, that they sent out from uh, from OU? The uh, He's the first w- true freshman walk-on walk on to, do anything. to make a reception <laughs> in a game. 
ever in the ever. history of the yeah. program. That has to be a. I tr- I tweeted during the game that has to be a top three moment of Bob Stoops' career at at Owen Stadium, or Owen Field. Doesn't like one it? of his proudest moments. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would think be. so. I would have loved to have seen. Did they ever show him on TV today? I never saw. I don't know. They, I think they mentioned that he was in the booth with them before the game. Okay. But he was like it's an, an Iowa Hayden Fry thing last night, so he must have I, that was last done night? some private jetting or something. I saw the audio clip or the video clip of him talking. That was last night. I don't I know. know if it, that was maybe like it was summer. Maybe or, it was earlier this week or something. He had the beard, though. Yeah, he did. So it must have been. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you guys, uh, you heard the, the intro, AMC Mortgage. Uh, it's a new company. It's a, a, a close personal friend of, my, a friend of mine, Kyle McCord. Uh, Eddie knows him too. Uh, but uh, he's done a lot of loans for a lot of my on-air colleagues at the radio station. Uh, but he and his team have been originating loans in Oklahoma together for over 16 years. Uh, in addition to standard, conventional, FHA, VA, and jumbo financing, uh, they also specialize in first-time home buyers and loans requiring down payment assistance. So, uh, call my friend Kyle if you're looking at a home loan, 405-623-3802. That's 405-623-3802. Uh, and uh, he, it's Kyle McCord with AMC Mortgage, NMLS number 1256166, an equal housing opportunity lender. So appreciate AMC Mortgage being a part of the postgame. Yet another who has uh, helped bring you a second podcast that I know y'all craved. Uh, guys, any final thoughts about today? Uh, 63-14 win. Uh, UCLA coming up next, but I just keep going back to what this game, a lot of people thought it would be today and what it ended up being. And no matter what, you have to come away impressed the way the season started. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things that you didn't really know what you what to expect going in with so many new faces, so many guys that in important roles that really had not really played a whole lot by the way whose stock is up we didn't even say that like, like whose who, stock raised who higher than anyone else after this yeah I, I am all in on ronnie perkins i think that guy yeah. is going to be extremely good uh, i thought trey brown played pretty well uh it just seemed like he was everywhere today but marcellius sutton's stock is up for me well you were really down on him <laughs> you were exactly. really down on him he started he ran way for too a touchdown low. it was a nice run it was a nice run. And he, he bowled over again. Yeah, four running backs had touchdowns. Only Pledger. Every, Pledger was Pledger, the only yeah. one. And I thought he did some nice things. He did. I think though that it was. How about just the running back position? Stock. Yes, up. Exactly. Kennedy Brooks. There you go. We take away from Jay Bulware in the special teams department, but <laughs> we, we give, give it back. We give it back give to him as a running back coach during uh, during. You know whose stock is backs. down officially? The H back position. Yeah. Told, a lot was, of two back sets. Yeah, yeah. They, we we predicted they it. quite a bit. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. I don't know if it was thirty, but I, it seemed like to me. I feel bad because Josh is not on the podcast and he's going to be all jealous because he is definitely going to listen to this and be like, "Man, we don't have that in our podcast." Um, but like he seemed. Am I wrong? Did it seem like Josh was the Carson Meyer H back defender last week? In our pregame pod? Uh, no, that was me. Oh, that was you? I was gonna. I said that he was going to play quite a bit. Yeah, remember we do over, under, 30, we try to say 30 70, plays? 80 play, you know, I think plays I was the, the only game. person that said over. By the way, how many plays did OU have today? 62. That just shows you what an ass-kicking it was again. Yeah. yeah. 
Normally, you'd have 80 plays in that game. Get all worried. Grant Calcaterra, one catch, three yards. Yeah. Lamb, Lamb didn't have a catch with Murray. It took Austin Kendall coming he in. He loves his Marquise Brown, doesn't he? He does. And his Lee Morris. That guy's really good. Marquise Brown is really, really good. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb, you've got to utilize him. You I just think have. They will. And Grant Calcaterra. I mean, those are two good players, man. But you know what? If you're scoring 42 points before you get yanked in, in the second quarter, screw those guys. Who cares? Oh, well, I mean, that was the most dominating performance, just a first game performance that I can remember in a while. And by the way, they were pr- completely prepared. Stock way, way up for the defensive line today as a unit. Uh, stock down for Cybert, kick out of bounds and missed the oh, field goal. Yeah. That is a 53 yarder or whatever. One touchback out of five kickoffs. No, he had two, at least two, I think. Let's see. I, Didn't the, he have a touchback on that 15? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, it was, okay, it was five touchbacks, one out of bounds. And I think that was one of those that they tried. Goal. They were trying to corner kick somebody. I don't know what they were trying. Weird. I don't think it was a bad hit. I think he was trying to corner kick and just, I guess it was. And now I know who Gabe Burkich is. By the way, stock up for Michael Jones, Mr. Third Teamer. I don't know. Him and Tanner Mordecai. <laughs> that that was be, Tanner Mordecai's boy. That might be stock down because he played so late in the game. But stock up for Drake Stoops. I don't think we Definitely. officially said that. Yeah. No, he that was that was real that was a really cool moment. And, and I like the crowd. They're they're already chanting Stoops. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They figured it out pretty quick. Yeah, I'm not giving a stock up for Gabe Burkich, though. <laughs> Sorry. Stock up for, for Bolton. I, Kind yeah, of agree, agree, I agree. Uh, agree Actually, with, he might be the leader. Uh, the agree house. with Eddie, where it doesn't mean Caleb Kelly's not performing. It just means Curtis Bolton in his last year is putting it all together. It was impressive, though. Bolton I mean, if, is not no stock up to me. The highest is defensive line. <laughs> defensive from line. what I, I can, saw, I could buy that. I I think it's one of those situations. Perkins, though, from Man, a, uh, Bledsoe, and Gallimore. From a first game standpoint, I don't think you could have asked for much more outside of Austin Kendall. Yeah, you couldn't have asked for much more. All right. Uh, we'll be back again uh, next week, but I think we have to say the first uh, Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast was a raging success. Absolutely. Thank Enjoyed you, Eskridge doing it. Lexus. Thank you, uh, Coop Alehouse, for the beer. Thank you to uh, AMC Mortgage as well. So uh, we will get this up. We'll have it up. And uh, trust me, it's probably we're waiting on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, by the time you even listen to this, it might well be up on those, but uh, we'll certainly put the links to everything uh, in this week. Next week, it won't be any problem. Everything will be back to normal. Michigan uh, running back a kickoff for a touchdown. And Bob's flipping off the TV now. Hail to the victory! Touchdown, Jesus! Hail you know, Duncan High School has Hail Notre Dame's fight Michigan. song. <laughs> Need Michigan to get to work. Don't want him to ruin my perfect day so far. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. We'll get out of here before Eddie says anything inappropriate. Thank you for behaving yourself for the most part, Eddie. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see you guys back here after OU UCLA next week on the Eskridge Lexus Soonerscoop.com postgame podcast. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.